Hello, Fins Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Fins with Frisch podcast brought to you by Riviera Produce, the number one produce company in the entire nation. Uh, another win for the Dolphins over a terrible New York Jets team. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest of wins, but nonetheless, it was a win. A 21-point victory over a divisional opponent, 34-13. Uh, and, you know, people will try to downplay that and say it's the Jets. But the Buffalo Bills, who everyone is giving them a lot of credit for almost winning a football game this week in Philly, uh, lost to the Jets in the same stadium that we just won by 21 in. Uh, we didn't get out unscathed. Jalen Phillips is out for the season with a torn Achilles because uh, the MetLife Stadium is the worst stadium in the entire nation. Uh, actually, FedEx Field's pretty bad too, so maybe that's something to look out for this week. Uh, and we're going to get into all that, um, and we're going to bring on Jeremy Hawk. It's been, it's been two weeks since uh, we've had him on, so... Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, Jack. Um, thanks for having me on again. I know it's been a couple of weeks. You've been on IR with your ankle. I've been traveling, but um, happy we figured out some time to um, talk some Dolphins football again. And I'm ready to go today. Yeah. Did we? What was the last time we we talked Dolphins football? I think it was. We didn't. We didn't talk after the Raiders. So, uh, oh, and it was the no. bye week. No, I haven't talked to you in probably podcasts we talked probably three weeks ago but i haven't talked about dolphins football with you in a while i talked i was like texting you a little bit but um yeah i unfortunately missed the raiders game because i decided to go watch my horrible alma mater play basketball madison square garden so um i don't know what was worse me watching the indiana game or me um missing that raiders game i gotta i gotta say missing the raiders game although it wasn't it wasn't the perfect game um that they played it was you know it could it could, it could have been better but uh, actually you no know, I was talking about that earlier um you know it, it was it was never really in doubt as a game like he, even with the raiders coming down the field late in the game uh and us nursing a 7 point lead I, I was never really worried that we would lose to a team like that yeah of course which is one of the reasons why I decided to go watch indiana basketball but um is what it is. That was the outcome I expected in that game. Happy we took care of it. But um, we're on to talking about the Jets, on to talking about the Commanders, and on to talking about the rest of the season now. So ready to go. Yeah. So so first of all, uh, let, let's let's get into this because I know because because we we talked a little bit before. You you want to talk about the uh the quarterback play? Um. Yeah. We can talk some quarterback play. There's a couple of things I want to talk with you about today, but. Obviously, the forefront of all of our discussions, the forefront of our season, the guy who spearheads all this is number one in Tua. Um, a couple things about Tua. I mean, like this past game this week in the Jets game, like I don't know how you feel, but like I really don't feel like that game told told me a lot. One thing I really am seeing, you know, the Jets are horrible. Like the defense is still growing and ascending. Obviously, we lost Phillips, but um is what it is, but I want to talk about offense offensively and, and our quarterback. Um, the first thing of which is since we're always talking so highly about our quarterback, I think we talk with a negative approach today is the turnovers, man. Like it's obvious to say that's what loses you football games, but it's getting to a point where like, I'm like a little bit concerned that this guy can't make the proper decisions all the time. And he just needs to know in a game, like the jets game this week too, which I didn't like, you got no circumstance, bro. And, 
They're playing against a guy, a team that has a third-string quarterback in Tim Boyle. They're probably not going to score an offensive touchdown. They did again with Wilson. Like, all you have to do in that game is what everybody was saying all week is not turn the ball over. And that's exactly what he did. He kept the Jets in the game in the first half. Like, thank God, like, the Jets are horrible. And they allowed something I've never seen before in the pick six off of Hail Mary. And they got super lucky. But, like, Tua, like, tried keeping a really bad team in that football game and doing the only things he couldn't do, like, I haven't really talked with you much about this. Like, I want to hear more of your opinion. Obviously, turnovers happen, but this is getting really recurring against teams that this should not be happening again. So, like, I want to hear more about your stand on that. Can, can I say something crazy? Yeah. I, I actually was very – it was one of my so, – so let me back up um, and talk big picture for a second. Tua's season – similar to last season is going to be defined by what he does the last three weeks of the season and in mm-hmm. the playoffs. So like we look at these games against the jets and the Raiders and all these games. And we're like, you know, we, we kind of nitpick, like he, he did have two big mistakes, but realistically, if he goes out, finishes, you know, wins two of our last three games and wins a super bowl and plays great in the playoffs, that's, what's going to matter at the end of the year. And if he plays terrible, if if, he, if we win our next three and he puts up 400 yards and five touchdowns in each game, but then we lose our last three and lose in the wild card game and he plays terrible in all those games, that's how his season is going to be defined. So I think w- the way I look at it now is I'm looking at his game and I'm like, okay, how do I think he's going to perform in the playoffs? I actually think one, I think you and I, it's hard for us. I think a lot of the time we're not on the same page where both of us are positive. In recent weeks, you've been the positive one. I've been the negative one. Now you're negative on Tua. I actually think this. He played. He was making unbelievable passes down the field. Was throwing dots. Threw a dot to Tyreek, a dot to Waddle. Like in the bread basket, 40 yards down the field. I think in these games against these teams, he's so confident. We know what he can do throwing in tight windows. I think he tries to force passes. And it's almost like. The first, like the pick six was awful. It was a terrible decision, but we scored 27 points offensively against the defense that ha- has been great all year. Like no one's really had a good game against the Jets defense except for Josh Allen. This second time, the first time he was awful, and Dak. Like uh, you know, they shut down Mahomes. Hurts threw three picks against them, um, and you know Herbert didn't have a very good game against them. So I, I think it was – I think we saw him playing with a lot of confidence. He made a big mistake, but then he made up for it. And the second pick, whatever, he was forcing it. There was like eight seconds left. Yeah, I didn't happened. care about that. I, like, I, I, I get what you're saying, Jack. I'm sorry like to cut you off. Tua was obviously like the Jets are this regarded great defense, which I guess they are, but like I, I personally don't think they're as good as everybody say they are, says they are. They're obviously really good, like demoralized right now, so that plays a factor, but like – Dude, I don't think he two of the entire game. He was in third down. Like we, they convert every third down. So I literally have like two hundred passing yards on third down, which I've never seen before. What was it? Something like crazy like that? Uh did he have like a hundred? Maybe it was like hundred fifty yards. But like I saw they he like the third down success rate was like incredible, which is like the types of things you want to be seeing against a good defense. Yeah, you're, you're I got it for you. Most. He was ten for twelve. Uh, for 160 yards on third down, uh, and you're not going to believe uh, who threw who the last quarterback to have more passing yards than that was in, in 2019 on third down. 
Who was it? Daniel Jones on November 10th, 2019, had 175 right. passing yards. Maybe that down. maybe that stat means um nothing. But um either way, like obviously like he converted when when they he, they needed him to convert. But like these these turnovers out when was the last time we had a clean sheet, Jack? Like these things are these things, patterns are real, trends are real. Like, I don't think we've had a clean sheet probably in in what eight weeks, nine weeks, where this team just hasn't turned the ball over. I know it's football, it's hard to do that, but like you want to win a Super Bowl, you want to be great. You can't keep doing this every single week. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, Tua, you're like his confidence. You like him doing this, doing that. He can't keep turning the ball over, dude, at the end of the day. I don't care if he's confident. He can't be turning the ball over every single game of the season. That's just unacceptable. He had a clean sheet against um, – he had a clean sheet against Kansas City. Now, our offense was garbage in that game. I'm, but- I'm not just talking about Tua. I'm talking about the team as a whole. Obviously, uh, we're talking about two on this conversation, but it stems from him. He's the one, like, when we're turning it over, like, probably eight, 60, 70% of the drums come from him. I'm just talking about the team, like a clean sheet. That doesn't happen. Uh, we don't do that. Was that, do we have one against the Panthers? I don't even know. You're, you're right. I mean, look, you're, I completely agree with what you're saying. And, and I've been saying this the team needs to get the basics down. Like, we're talking about issues that, um, like our, our last clean sheet was against the Panthers and um and we had a fumble that and two had a fumble that game. I honestly don't remember the fumble. That's not a clean sheet. Oh, so you're you're talking about a it's probably Denver. I'm then. talking a football game where this team just didn't turn the ball over. I know it's like easier said than done. Like well, teams the, turn the ball over in football games, but like it's how football is. I think that's the nature of the games you turn it over. But like every single week, these guys are just making like a boneheaded play that it could cost them. Obviously, any turnover could cost anybody. But like, it's I don't know. I'm saying like I feel like it's been so. It's just been happening a bunch lately, man. Well, well, the Panthers game was a clean sheet. Like they had a fumble, but the Panthers didn't recover the fumble. Like wait, like okay. we didn't lose a fumble. No turnovers yeah, in the yeah, Panthers yeah. game. Uh the Broncos we didn't turn it over. So we have two clean sheets this year out of eleven. And and look. I am with like this is what we were talking about last year. It comes back to discipline. It comes back to the Eagles game. And, and my concern with this team is in in big games, they are unable to do the basics. They're unable yeah. to line up right. They're unable to not turn it over. They're unable to catch passes that hit him in the hands. Uh side note, when it gets cold out, Jalen Waddle just, you know, takes he warms himself up in the blue tent with fake injuries. Yeah. Um but that's my biggest concern about this team this year is what is what you're saying. It, they are not playing clean football games. That's that's one part of me. Now there's another part of me, and I'm starting to come around a little bit. My my prediction still remains the same. They lose in Kansas City in the conference championship. Um, you can. It, it matters what you do in December and, and January and February if you get there. So all, all the things that we see in September, October, November, we get upset like. We just beat the Jets 34-13. Your demoralization point about their defense is completely right. I know their defense isn't playing as hard as they were playing in September because, you know, it's when Tim Boyle's your quarterback and you're going to go three and out, it's frustrating, and that makes a difference. But we look at signs for how is this going to translate to December. And I think that overall we have the guys to win in December, win in January. My concern is can they execute the basics? But that's when it's really going to matter. It's all going to start – in week 16 when, when we play the Cowboys, like, can we can we get it done then? Because that's when it's like, okay, we can't get it done then. It's like, all right, well, now we're doing it. And 
It's December. Like it's it was frustrating against Kansas City. Probably cost us the one seed, but it's like you know it's still October, which isn't yeah, great. Yeah. No, you're 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 you're, def- you're you're spot on, man. I 100 percent agree with what you're saying. Like I'm not knocking to it from like a numbers perspective, where I'm like, oh, he's third in the league in turnovers or whatever he is, and the Dolphins have that clean sheet since God knows when. I'm just looking for like opportunities and signs, like you were saying before. Like at the end of the day, like. It's Jets game. We all knew we were going to win, but like it was a big game on prime time. Like just play a good football game and like do the things you, you're not supposed to like do the, do the things you're supposed to do. Don't do the things you're not supposed to do. You don't turn the ball. All you have to do is not throw a pick six against that Jets team. Like it's just those little signs. What I'm saying is what I'm saying was like a little bit concerning to me. Am I panicking and like sounding off the alarm? Of course not. I still have full confidence in our quarterback and a believer in it. Should I keep seeing these little signals do that just like can't fully buy in and like can be confident in when we get to those big moments. And I know you feel the same. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, th- this goes back to what we've talked about. We're like, it doesn't matter if, you know, Jack Frischman is confident or if Jeremy Hawk is confident. It's really going to come down to, we're going to get opportunities to, to execute in big games. And, and we hope they're able to do that, but it's, it's totally frustrating to watch. The one, the one thing is like, people really get onto it. It's like, Every time he makes a mistake, like this isn't high school football. Like the pick six was awful. It was a stupid play. Everyone's talking about like that's the one thing you need to not do versus the Jets. We beat them by twenty one. We scored. Right. So we like them in the game, like that, that you beat them by twenty one. But like that that pick six that we got, that's never happened before. Like that just flips some momentum at halftime. Like you'll know what could have happened after you make that one bad play against the wrong team. The game's over. But so so that's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying I, I think he. Wouldn't make that throw against the Eagles when when we're down seventeen three. Okay, I, I don't necessarily I, know about that. I'm happy you think that way, but I don't know that. <laughs> well, well, but I'm saying we haven't seen that. Like he he hasn't he hasn't thrown a pick six in a situation where you know it's like it's a one possession game against the good against the solid team. He he did it, and, and then we're talking we're talking we're talking these are all hypotheticals, like. Yeah. Because we're even the Jets, it's like, well, they could have been in the game, but but then we came out and we beat them by 21 points. And right. Devon Holland had a legendary 100 yard pick six. Right. That was, um, yeah, how sick was that? That was pretty, that was pretty cool. I've never seen that before, dude. I know we said that a couple of times, and nobody and everybody probably said that, but that was pretty nuts. Only, only the Jets could do that on a primetime game the day after Thanksgiving. It only franchise and sports capable of allowing a play like that. It's it's funny, right? When he started running out of the end zone, I thought I was like, he's gonna he's gonna take it he over. He saw that ball halfway through there and he was already looking up the field. He's like, oh I'm playing against the Jets right now. I'm gonna house this. How about Christian Wilkins blocking Brees Hall downfield? Oh that was freaking great. He nailed him. How good is he dude? He's great. Do, you think he you think he's gonna be on the team next year? Yeah I think he's the how is he not like the biggest lock ever for them to just tag him for a year. Like right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think like he's what the franchise tag's made for. Right. And he's he's a locker room guy. I think Mike McDaniel understands the importance of culture. And I think he knows that you want to have a guy like Christian Wilkins. Hey, in there. You, you tag him if we obviously we've talked about this with paying him. We don't want to give him everything and, and everything in the world. But um, like you said, this guy's a team guy, he's a locker room guy. Like seems like he likes Miami a lot. Like is a guy that like he could take a little bit less than what he would get outside the market to stay where he is. So like I think you tag him, he gets paid his top five money. What is that? The tag you get paid like the average of what the top five paid players of the position. Yep. 
So he gets his money, he gets paid for a year, and then you figure out a long-term deal after you tag him. But yeah, I, th- I think he's on the team next year. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Now, speaking of defense, um, I so speaking of defense, we, we had a big loss, um, Jalen Phillips. And it, it's tough because I think he, he's had a sack in one, two, three, four, five straight games. Know, yeah. Yeah, he was really starting to turn it up. And look, he we we had we had high expectations for him coming into this year. And I feel like last year he sort of came on towards the end of the year. Wow. Uh and, and it, he was really starting to do that and it's just such a tough loss. So, I guess what what do you think about the defense? It's going to be up to uh Emmanuel Ogba to kind of step in. Yeah. AVG is going to get more opportunities. Yeah, so obviously this is going to come up in our discussion and you brought it up perfectly after we're talking about Wade Wilkins segueing. First and foremost, like obviously JP like arguably our best defensive player like he's an animal it's a tough loss you need pass rushing nfl he's ascending young player and it's devastating i wish him the best i hope he gets well as soon as possible because his team really needs him but like at the end of the day dude things we've talked about all the time is right now our two best players are healthy knock on wood they are knock on wood i don't even know why i said that on here as i'm knocking on my desk especially we're going to fedex field this week you can't say stuff like that i know but like i'm not knocking on wood i'm trying to like knock it out but like it's not like a season. This team, it's not, it's not devastating. It's not a blow where it's ending your season. Like, and this team at the end of the day, dude, like we like knock on the defense. Like we're like, they're coming in their own. We do this. We do that. Like they do have some depth pass rushing. Like well, going back to Wilkins, I was going to just answer it off your question before, but you segued into it perfectly. Like it's great having a guy like this is a perfect situation for him. Like he's in a career. He's in a contract year. Their, their best pass rusher goes out. Like, Show your worth right now, Christian Wilkins. Make the team want to pay you all this money that you think you deserve, what other teams think you deserve. Like, prove it right now that it matters most when your best defensive player, your best pass rusher went out. So that's first and foremost. He needs to do things that – he needs to be beyond that those tackle roles, stuff in the run, getting the back. But he needs to be playing everywhere. Like, we got versatile defenders for a reason. This is where it matters. Like, Chubb needs to step up. It's about guys stepping up. Like, Ugbo is our guy two years ago. Ugbo is like the best player on our team. How bad were we at Ugbo is our best player? But like he was. And like he hasn't played in two years. Like let's see what this guy's still got in the tank. Like Van Ginkle, like as these other guys have started coming along, Chubb, Phillips, these guys have started getting better. Like his stats have gone down a little bit. Like now he's got that opportunity again. He showed us what he could bring to the table. So no, like it sucks losing Phillips. But like this team's got some guys, I want to think so, that could step in and fill the void. Like, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, no, and I, I completely agree. And and looking at this, so Christian Wilkins is, is third in the league in sacks for all defensive tackles at six and a half. And, dude, Emmanuel Ogba is good. He he is four – I think he has four and a half sacks on the year. Uh, he really? he's, got, he's got four sacks on the year. He had a sack and a half this week. Um, But he's been good for us. I think he had, he had an eight-sack season, uh, nine-sack season in 2021, nine sacks in 2020. Had a down year last year, but um, Josh Boyer, one of the dumbest human beings to uh, ever be birthed, uh, was our defensive coordinator. So last year doesn't count. Uh, and I think he was hurt last year too, actually. Um, yeah, he was think of it. yeah, yeah. Um, I think he hurt like his chest. Like, he, he, may, he may have been out for the season last year. Yeah, I think he like uh, tore his bicep, right? Yeah, yeah. It's something. Right. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot. Do you remember Melvin Ingram had that uh, that fumble return for a touchdown week one last year? He was the first touchdown of the year, actually. Yeah, that was sick. That was sick. That was that was so fitting at the time. That was like we were transitioning from being 
a defensive team to an offensive team, and the first touchdown of the year comes on by Melvin Ingram by the defense. That's Dolphins football. Yeah, I'll go and miss all that, the rest of that, miss the final seven games from a torn tricep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There it is. So, um, but yeah, Van Ginkle's got four and a half sacks, or no, he's four. So, um, you know, and it's funny, interesting. So, Omar Kelly, who hates the Dolphins, but uh, inexplicably writes about them. Uh, he was saying that this team's super top heavy, and I actually was thinking about this. I don't think that the team is top heavy. I think they have a ton of stars, and the way that works, it's like when you have stars, you're so so. Depth is interesting, right? Like if you have Tyree Kill, you can't replace Tyree Kill. If you have Jalen Waddle, even you can't really replace Jalen Waddle. Um, say, same like Jalen, like. You can we can sort of replace Jalen Phillips. You can't replace a guy like Jalen Rams or Javon Holland. So it's like when you so I think people get depth confused. If you have a good if you have a defensive end or a defensive tackle or any position where a player can get injured, so player X can get injured and player Y can come in into the game and there's no drop off. I don't think that's depth. I think that's a lack of talent. I think we kind of confuse being top heavy with just having star players where if a star gets injured, you're not going to find a guy in a league with 32 teams with 53 guys on every roster where he's sitting on the bench and he's going to be as good as one of the best players in this position. Right. So I, you think about this team, it's like Jalen Ramsey is the best player on our defense. You could already so – some people would say Jalen Phillips is the best on our defense with how he's playing. Yeah, either or, but besides the fact, I get what you're saying. You didn't even notice that Jalen Ramsey wasn't on the field. I guess because he'd never been on the field. But, like, we were – I think we were 5-2. and two. We were 5-1 and one before Ramsey came in or, or whatever we were. Um, but the team doesn't look that different. The defense looks better now, which I actually think is just because the offense is playing worse. But but it's it's a combination. Like you know, that's not totally true. Jalen Ramsey's back, but Fangio, you know, it's his first year. They're they're getting more familiar with the system. Um, I, I but I think we're a team where like Armstead's gone out, you don't notice it. Jalen Ramsey's gone out, you don't notice it. These are all pro guys. That's um, the you know these are potential Hall of Famers we're talking about, and you don't even miss them when they're off the field. So I think that. Look, Ramsey's a big blow, but but I don't think it changes. Or not Ramsey, Phillips is a big blow, but I think I think this team is deep, and it doesn't change the outlook of the season. I, I think deep is having a lot of talented guys. I don't think it's saying there's not a big drop off between you know edge one and edge two. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you anymore, man. So it's a, it's a, it's a next man up. This team's got players that have been proven in the past, and they got guys who have opportunity to step up right now. So. We'll, we'll, we'll see who they got. We could be talking in three weeks and being like, oh, God, like we miss JP. But right now, I don't think it it sucks, obviously. It doesn't make the team better. But I think we could rebound. It's not a season anything. Like, you're right. Like, we, in three weeks, we could be either be like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, what are we going to do with this guy in three weeks? You'd be like, with Jalen Phillips ever on the team. So, like, hopefully it's the latter. And we got some guys that step up. I'm excited to see what that looks like. Yeah, man, that really sucks that Phillips got hurt. Man, hey, we got, um, like, Giants fans, if they were in our situation, they'd be brought back, like, Jason Pierre-Paul. They'd be freaking out. They'd be thinking, like, oh, we're winning the Super Bowl. Like, we should, like, still, like, talk about him right now, though. Like, I don't think, like, he's going to make, like, the biggest difference in the world. Who knows? I like it more as, like, they're bringing in, like, another voice, dude. Like, this guy's won a Super Bowl. He's been in the league for 14 years. Like, this is stuff we've talked about. 
and a lot of other podcasts how this team has voices in the locker room. They have that and played in big games. Hey, wait, so, you uh, cut out for a second. What were you saying? You were saying there's voices in the locker room and, that, and then what? Yeah. What I was saying is like what we talked about in past podcasts, how there, there's voices in the locker room. We have guys who have been all pros, pro bowlers. They played in big games. And yeah, like Jason Pierre-Paul's 87 years old and he has a finger and a half. But like, it's just like another guy in the locker room who's like experienced big games, been around, been around winning been around winners and been around leaders and he's been known as that leader. So like just adding another guy to locker room like that, like there's a reason nobody signed Jason Pierre Paul all season. Cause he's probably washed up. And he's not very good anymore, but like, this is a guy that the dolphins need as like a team that sells a lot of youth guys who haven't been there, but it's just another guy who has been there to teach these guys and speak to these guys and really show them what it takes to, um, to win football games, to win big football games. Yeah, and look, he's got uh fresh legs. He was actually on the Saints this year. Maybe when when did the Saints cut him? Uh how old is he, dude? Thirty-four. Um I don't even oh, he left the Saints this year. Uh so he's yeah, he's got one game for the Saints and he had two tackles. Um look, he's only uh three years removed from uh nine and a half sacks, which is a pretty long time, but we can tell yeah, ourselves so not but <laughs> I do. I totally agree with the point you're making. Where, um, look, it, veteran leadership is so important, and it, it's not the days where, like, I remember we brought in jo- Adam Gase, brought in Josh Sitton, and there's articles like, yeah, Josh Sitton is one playoff games. It's like, no, like JPP is a guy that's won multiple Super Bowls. Um, he's one. He's got two Super Bowls. He's a guy that knows what it takes to win. And yeah, I mean, I think it's easier to be a veteran leader that's one when you're amongst other veteran leaders who have won. Uh-huh. So well, not when you're Josh Shitton and you're around like Ryan Tannehill and Jarvis Landry. Uh, dude, speak, just quickly speaking that Wilkins comment uh, about team less money, we hope that's true, but we thought that about Landry and uh, he, he he took the uh, bag instead from the Cleveland Browns. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Ramsey also – or, or uh, Jarvis Landry wasn't um, – that's, that's when the Dolphins were a toxic team. But yeah, no, I I totally um agree with you. I I do like look. At least they made a move. Like there there was a guy available, and and you say screw it, go get Jason yeah. Pierre Paul. See what he could do. He's he's a winner. He's fresh. Let's let's see what this guy can do. Uh, so. I agree, dude. Uh, I'm just the base like advocate of these locker room presences. Like you know, like I'm a diehard Heat fan. Like I was a true believer in that Udonis Haslam stuff my entire life. Uh, even if this guy wasn't playing, he's been he played in very important championships and very big games. And all he was to these young guys was a voice. And that's sometimes all you need, dude. So like, they're just adding another voice in the locker room. It could like, we could look back at his podcast and I get roasted on a little bit saying, Hey, you're soft. You're talking about voices, all this stupid stuff. Like who knows? I could get blown up for it, but like, I, I really do believe in this stuff, dude, from watching and playing sports my whole life. It is real. So we'll see. Well, winning heals everything. So, so it's kind of funny, and yeah. I, I, I talk about it with the Mets, kind of. Um, so, so when the Mets are winning games in in May, and it doesn't matter because it's May, uh, and Pete Alonso's batting one ten, but uh, I remember like Pete Alonso struck out, whispered something to Francisco Lindor, um, and then. Francis and or I'm sorry, Lindor struck out, whispered something to Pete, like, and then Pete hit a home run. And 
that was all great. Everyone loved it. Everyone's like Francisco Lindor's leader, all this stuff. But then when the Mets were losing games and Francisco Lindor was still batting 110, I'm I'm sitting there like, what, we're paying seven trillion dollars for this guy to be a voice in the dugout? Like what what are we talking about? Yeah. So so if, if we're winning, people look and be like, oh, JPP, you know, they'll say he's a leader if we're losing. Look, I mean, it's like a can't like what do you do? It's like your your guy got hurt and um and, and you go out and you you sign the best player available. Um except for uh whoever got uh there is Derek Barnett still available? Someone Barnett signed, wants to, he wants to use him. Yeah, exactly. So so the second second best, uh most ideal signing. Uh actually uh looks like um uh, they're tied. Yeah, yeah. Derek Barnett didn't have a sack in in the two games he played. JPP um had one, or JPP did only played one game, so less opportunities. But so at, so the chase for the one seed, we've got uh four teams, four teams that the Jaguars pretty much locked up the division. They took a two game lead on Houston. Uh, they're probably gonna win that division. The Chiefs are gonna win the West. I actually think Baltimore may not win the North because, but I'm biased. I think they're terrible, so they'll probably win the North. I don't know if the Browns can take them with DTR, and it looks like we're 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 closing in on the East. Uh, the Bills have six losses, and I don't really see any way this team loses more than six. And the Bills go to KC next. So, um, which team scares you out of the the most out of those four? Out of these four, out of these three other division winners. Uh, is there another team that, that you're nervous about in the AFC that you wouldn't want to see in the playoffs? And uh, what, what's your prediction on, on the seed the Dolphins end up getting? Um, yeah, I mean, we could lose to anybody, obviously. But um, I truly do believe that we're the second best team in the conference be- behind KC. Obviously, don't want to play them. That's at the forefront. I think every Dolphins fan can attest to that. We haven't we lot why we got dominated by them. I know we lost by a touchdown. We got dominated by them. And you don't want to play them in Arrowhead at all. So they're obviously at the forefront. I mean, like like you said, like I don't think Baltimore is great. I don't think Jacksonville is great. But they're, they're, these teams, they're kind of similar to us. Where like these are teams that aren't proven too much in the playoffs. They haven't done much. They're young teams. And who knows? that They could have a breakthrough. And then all of a sudden, they're a very good team. They can win a couple football games. That's the nature of the NFL playoffs where it's one week and any team can win three straight games. So we'll see. Like, yeah, of course we can lose to anybody. You always laugh at me when I say that, like, oh, this team could lose. I'm really only concerned about KC because I truly think we're better than every other team in the conference. I mean, I agree. I, I actually, I think we're better than KC too. I just don't think we can execute at the level we need to. In, in, yeah, but that's part of it. That's part of it. It's obviously the talent aspect. You say, oh, we're more talented in this team. We have a better football team. But there's the execution part. The Chiefs have executed for five straight years now in the biggest moments. Well, right. Uh, yeah, I don't just, geez, I'm, I'm just looking yeah. at the standings. We got the lowest strength of victory in the AFC and the – Third lowest in the league, uh, with obviously, of course, it wouldn't be an NFL football season without the Dallas Cowboys being behind us and the Saints. Uh, but those teams are both terrible. Actually, people are liking the Cowboys this year, um, which is interesting. So, and I, I think um, it's going to be interesting because I think we we have a nice. So this is this is it, right? Like this is. All the stuff that happens earlier in the year, and I, I said this: I said we're going to be eleven and three. Um, my my dumb roommate, uh, dumb in terms of sports, doesn't think so, but he doesn't know anything. Uh, we're going to be eleven and three. 
And then this is it. Like all the stuff leading up to this, we, we didn't really look at many games on the schedule after we started out 2-0 and and think we were going to really lose those games other than the Chiefs and the Eagles and, and obviously the Bills, which we lost. So we've lost all the games that we thought were maybe, you know, were, were good games. Every other game we thought were pretty much um, we were, we were going to walk right through the teams, and that's pretty much what we've been doing. Not as dominant lately, but um, the next uh, our next game we play is going to be in December. And um, the first three are going to be easy. Um, you go to Washington, you're home against the Jets and home against the Titans. So I think it's a nice segue. And then stuff gets real, and I, I think it's good. We have, like, three tune-up games, kind of. Like, anything that's not 11-3 and three is disappointing. Um, and, and then, it, you know, and then even then, like, you, I think in home against Dallas, you get a nice home game. You're only playing one game in the cold in Baltimore. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, if you as long as we take care of business, I, I think we get the two seed, like you said. And, uh, you you know, you only have to play one or two cold-weather games to get to the suit. Well, Baltimore's cold weather, I think. For the two seed, it's only one cold weather game to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah, can I hop in real quick here, Jack? Yeah, go ahead. Um, kind of building off of what you just said, like you're talking about how these next three games are tune-up games. You're right about that. They're 100% tune-up games. And like, yes, our big games come up after that. But this goes back to our discussion that we were having at the beginning of this podcast, dude. Like, they're tune-up games. Like, you got to get yourself ready. Like, just because you're playing against the Jets again doesn't make it acceptable to do certain things. Like, you got to get yourself in – you got to prepare and build good habits, dude, for these good games. Like, we always talk about how it's week by week. Yes, football's week by week. You can flip the script whenever. But trends, patterns, precedent, habits, those are all real things, dude. Like, you got to build those up in these games. Yeah, you could beat these other teams by not playing perfect. You could turn the ball over once or twice and still win. Those are not habits you want to build and become reliant on that. Because, yeah, this team knows they can do that then, but you can't be thinking that, dude. You can't. You got to treat everybody the exact same, which is hard to do, but that's what you have to do. Yeah. Um, no, you're to- you're totally right. And, and look, I, and that's what I, I say that a lot where you can flip the script any week, but that's right. So everyone, this is where you want to start peaking. So everyone's freaking out that, you know, we didn't blow out Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. So I actually thought might give us an assist and beat the chiefs when they were up 14 points. They didn't. Um, but this this is where like the Cowboys are blowing teams out now, and that's why everyone's all over the Cowboys. This is when you want to start. Like these are the last three easy games we have all year, all year. Like there we're not. We have three more weeks where it's like okay, this is a game we should win by thirty. After that, it's going to be three point spreads the rest of the way. Like okay. Dallas is going to be a three point spread. Baltimore three three point spread. It might be one or two. I think they'll be like one or two point favorites. Uh, yeah. Buffalo is going to be a three point spread. Then every year you're not going to, I mean, maybe we play like a, if we play the Steelers, we'll be big favorites, but like, you know, it's a playoff game. You're, you're So, you know, you have three weeks to really get yourself ready. And I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. No more of this, you know, this dumb stuff. No more of these picks. Like they need to play a clean game because this is your only opera. Like usually these teams that are peaking, they start beating teams by 40, like before the end of the year. And th- this is, this is the last few chances to do that. Mm-hmm. I agree, dude. So, um, We'll, we'll we'll see what we got, man. It start it starts this upcoming week against Washington. Like I want to see his team build good habits, man. That's all I've been looking for. That's all I want to see. I want to see him play a, a good, complete football game. So I'm confident that when the time comes, his team's capable of doing it. Like I, I'm about recency, dude. Like I don't want to like look back like, oh, we dropped seventy against Denver. I don't give a shit about that anymore. Like who cares? Like let's let's, let's perform. Let's perform in the moment, man. Let's play good football now. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And uh, I, I want to see. So so the thing is, like, with, with these blowouts that we want, blowouts follow a clean game. So, like, if, you, if you're going to blow a team out, um, you know, you, you don't turn the football over. You don't get dumb penalties. And when you do that and execute basic football with the talent that our team has, uh, you – you you blow teams out. That's that's what we did against Denver. We weren't getting dumb penalties. We didn't right. have any turnovers. Uh, and the other time we didn't have turnovers was when we dropped forty two against the Panthers. So every time we didn't turn it over, we've dropped at least forty points. Uh-huh. Uh, we are we are running short on time here. So um, let's get a uh, score prediction and and quick keys to the game for this week. Um, what what's the spread on this game? Was it like nine? Nine and a half, uh, I think. Nine and a half, nine. Um, Dolphins 31 to 17. 31 17. I don't I don't like Howell, but like he's kind of fun. Like he's a he's a good athlete. Like he can make plays. I can see them getting some points off of some like stupid plays. I want to see like like it's been weird the past couple weeks, Shaq. Like I feel like the defense, like it's been taking. Yeah, we scored all these points last week, but like the defense is kind of like without people noticing, like, taking a little bit of identity on this team. I want to go back completely to the offense. I want our defense to start playing good. I want to be known as an offensive powerhouse, yeah, an offensive team. I want to build good habits. I want to score 40 points, and I want to turn the ball over. Like, I'd like to talk about, like, that. That's, like, a miracle, like, world. Like, it's a dream world to do all that. I'm ready to get back right back to what we were doing. Like, let's show our threat in this conference. Show our threat in the league, dude. Like, Enough of the defense, like, stepping up, keeping you in games. Like, let's be this elite offense that early in the year was getting compared to all-time teams. I want to get back to the basics, get back to what we're great at, and start building these great habits. I don't care about what we need to do, this, do this, do that. Just freaking do it. I don't care how you do it. Figure it out. Yeah, no, and that's that's what we need to do. Look, you say it's a dream. Uh, you know, that that's like a dream to do all that stuff, but winning a Super Bowl is a dream, and that's that's what Super Bowl winning teams do. We're about to run out of time here, but Jeremy, it was a great talk. Thanks for coming on. Um, Appreciate you, Jack. Yep. Awesome. Talk to Thanks you soon. for having me, man. Go fans. No problem. Thumbs up. That was a uh, fun conversation with Jeremy Hawk. Always good to have him on the show. Interesting thoughts on the quarterback situation and the future of this team the rest of the season. Um, so the quarterback conversation is the perfect segue into this week's Clown of the Week. And the guy who's going to win it this week is a guy by the name of Steven Ruiz, who... When I first started Clown of the Week, I said that he would win it at some point, and he finally does in Week 12. So Stephen Ruiz, he he writes for The Ringer, and The Ringer is basically a sports you know podcast network. Uh, Bill Simmons owns it, and Bill Simmons is a successful guy. So you know I can't really clown Bill Simmons for his uh, business decisions, but the one decision I can clown him for is allowing this guy by the name of Steven Ruiz to make a weekly quarterback rankings. That, that's supposed to be a serious rankings. When I, when I tell you what the rankings are, uh, you're going to see how unserious it actually is. But um, So Steven Ruiz is a notorious Tua hater. Uh, he's, basically, Steven Ruiz is one of those guys who doesn't know actually anything about football. You know, He watches the games and like, thinks he knows what he's watching. He has no idea what he's watching, probably never played football, probably never has been around a football team, and um, just one of those guys that makes a bunch of charts and, th- and thinks he's conveying information. Like, like he'll argue with a, with a fan, you know, like a 50-year-old Bills fan who, who's played football for 25 years, will, or not 25 years, played football for like a decade, and he's been watching football his whole life, will 
argue with Steven Ruiz and Steven Ruiz will throw a bunch of charts at him and be like, yep, you don't know analytics, you don't know football. So that's the type of guy Steven Ruiz is. And we've entered the era where we've gone from the NFL being, I mean, it still is a results-based league, but we've gone with, from being everything's results-based to only certain things are. And other things are based on the ideas of nerds and analytical guys and, and what they think and the numbers that they make up. And one of those is QB rankings. So just to explain to you, so Steven Ruiz's QB rankings, Steven Ruiz, like all these analytics guys, is a huge Justin Herbert guy. His description for Justin Herbert is a football-throwing robot who needs an adjustment to his creativity setting. The lowest he's dropped is to number four after week six of the season. So in week seven, he was number four. And then last week, he was number four till week 11. In week 12, after, so before week 12, he moved him up to number two, then posted on Twitter back in his rightful spot. And now he's got Justin Herbert at three uh, after he played terrible again this week. And the funny thing is this, um, when it comes to, so his rankings, he goes Mahomes, Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar, Burrow, Lawrence, Dak, Jalen Hurts. So he's got Jalen Hurts at eight, and I'm not the biggest Hurts guy in the world, but Hurts is obviously way higher than eight. Matt Stafford at nine, despite him not being good at all this season. Then Kyler at 10. And then after that, he goes 11. Tom Brady says that at 46 years old, he could lead a moderately talented team to the playoffs so that's how he has him at 11 before Geno Smith at 12 and then two at 13 so what this shows is that Steven Ruiz doesn't actually care about what happens on the field at all like the results of the game how the quarterback plays in a given week have zero effect on how he ranks the quarterbacks yards don't matter touchdowns don't matter yards per attempts don't matter um interceptions don't matter the only thing that matters is how did Steven Ruiz how did he view you before the season? Just like Josh Allen, who Josh Allen, he had a great week, but Josh Allen has not been that good this season. And, you know, he's lost his team a lot of games by making big mistakes. And, and, and you know, a new chart came out this week, EPA and losses. All, all I know is this. When they, when they lost the Broncos, Josh Allen had dumb turnovers. And when they lost the Patriots, Josh Allen had dumb turnovers. And, and that's the type of stuff that leads you to lose games. So Josh Allen, between week one and week 10, didn't move at all. He was number two all year. Then he went to three after week 11, or before week 11, uh, four before week 12, and now he's back to two. So the second, so when Justin Herbert and Josh Allen, they have bad games, it doesn't do anything, right? Like, they'll drop maybe a spot, but they're never going to leave the top five. It doesn't matter what they do. And anytime they have a good game, not only will... He move um Justin Herbert or Josh Allen, whoever played better that week, up to number two. Well, he'll, he'll like post about it. He's so excited. He's like, oh, he finally had a good game. So the funny thing is, the only time results actually matter to an idiot nerd like Steven Ruiz is when Justin Herbert or Josh Allen has one good game. Other than that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Jalen Hurts does. Jalen Hurts could throw for seven touchdown passes every game of the rest of the season. Steve Ruiz wouldn't put him above uh, Justin Herbert or Josh Allen. He would just be like, oh, product of the system. Tua Tagovailoa, and this is funny, this is what we were just talking about. So he threw pick six this week, and everyone's you know talking about hypotheticals. They could have lost. This could happen. That could happen. They won the game by 21 points in MetLife where Josh Allen had Three interceptions, right? So the Bills lost to MetLife. The quarterback threw three interceptions, but it wasn't the quarterback's fault. Not when it's the Bills. But then when Tua throws a pick six and then a meaningless pick before halftime, like with a few seconds left, 
It doesn't matter what Tua does the entire rest of the game. He threw dots down the field to Waddle and Hill, uh, 250 yards, had a passing touchdown, and they put up 27 points offensively. None of that matters. The only thing that matters to guys like Tua and guys like Hurts are the mistakes. Tua could have the best game. Like, like the way, if you go back to Tua's six-touchdown game last year in Baltimore, uh, the way Steven Ruiz would view something like that is he threw two picks in the first half, terrible game. So when a guy like Tua makes a mistake, that's all that matters. The good things he does don't matter. When a guy like Justin Herbert or Josh Allen doesn't or, or makes a good play or has a good week, his bad weeks and their mistakes, they don't matter. Like Justin Herbert has not been good. Everyone, everyone talks about the defense and all that. They've lost games to the Los Angeles Char- or to the Dallas Cowboys, uh, where they lost. I think it was seventeen fourteen or twenty to seventeen. They lost to the Cowboys. Yeah, twenty to seventeen. They lost to the Ravens twenty to ten. They lost to the Titans twenty seven to twenty four. Uh, they beat the Raiders twenty four to seventeen. So you can point to you know their points allowed, and you can. You know, talk about the defense since 2020 and all this stuff with Staley and all that. Uh, the bottom line when it comes to the Chargers, and you could talk about Quinton Johnston's drop, right? The Chargers are 4-8. and eight. They lost the Ravens. The defense gave up 20. Packers, defense gave up 23. Cowboys, defense gave up 20. If they scored 24 points with the top three quarterback that they allegedly have in those three games, they'd be 7-5 and five right now rather than 4-8. and eight. But obviously it's the defense's fault. It's the tight end's fault, it's the receivers, it's the O-line, it's the coach. It's never Justin Herbert, the one constant that's been there for four years and their zero playoff wins. It's not his fault. It's, it's the coaches, the offensive coordinators, uh, all that. But anyway, anyone that's watching football this year knows that Justin Herbert has not been the third-best quarterback in the NFL. He hasn't been top five this year. Josh Allen is not the second-best quarterback in the NFL. Like, Trevor Lawrence, even, at six, is not the sixth-best quarterback in the NFL. He has 12 touchdowns and seven interceptions. This is the breakdown, though. I don't think we appreciate Lawrence's size nearly enough. He's six foot six, but moves gracefully. Like, who cares? Who who actually cares at all that Trevor Lawrence is six foot six and moves gracefully? He has twelve touchdowns and seven interceptions, and he did look great this week. I'm not gonna, you know, I, I can't lie about that. The lowest Trevor Lawrence has been ranked all year is six. He's moved between six and five all year. So I don't even know why he releases a weekly rankings. He clearly has his opinions. The results don't change his opinions. He should just have released one list preseason and been like, okay, this is how it's going to be all year. I'm not going to change anything. Same with Hurts. Week one, he was 10. He's been between 10 and 8 all year. And Tua has gone up to, he's been between, he's actually 15 week ones. This guy hates Tua. But after week two, he, he between week two and uh, this past week, he was between 13 and 9. So, there's not much movement in his rankings. He doesn't really care about the results. So, uh, Stephen Ruiz, you are a massive clown. You're the Week 12 Clown of the Week. You would have a difficult time finding a larger clown than yourself at a street fair circus or the birthday party of a young child. And with that being said, we're going to move on to Washington Week. So, we bring two types of people on this podcast, as any loyal Fins with Frisch listeners know. And uh, those two types of people are Dolphin fans, as Jeremy Hawk is and fans of opposing teams that we're playing this week. So this week we play the Washington Commanders, and I do have a friend who is a Washington Commanders fan. I actually have exactly one friend who is a Washington Commanders fan, and we're going to bring him on. And, um, you know, it's funny. The Commanders and Dolphins, they've had a similar trajectory up until 2022 where, or, or really 2019 when, like, 
they, they'd both been garbage for so long, and then uh, the Dolphins were like, oh, um, you know, let's tear it down, tank for a quarterback, and, um, and, and go from there. That's what the Dolphins did, and maybe Washington will follow in the Dolphins' footsteps one day. So with that being said, Spencer Brody, welcome to the show. Jack, thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah, no, we're definitely excited to have you on. I think you're uh I think you might be I think you're the third guest of an opposing team. So uh unfortunately, or I guess fortunately, uh this game should be pretty easy for the Dolphins. There was talk earlier in the season about this being a uh potentially tough matchup. From your end, I never thought it was gonna be a uh a tough matchup, but um yeah, so no, excited to talk about how basically you were were two of the biggest franchise failures in in all of sports over the last twenty years. Would you would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I think I think I probably got you beat there. I, I would say we're number one. Um, you know, maybe you're you're a close second or third, but um, you know, it, it's good to see that you guys have turned the corner and, uh, you know, we're not too far behind. I think we should be seeing some su- success here, you know, next year and, and years to come. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of what I was going to say, actually, you took the word sort of out of my mouth. It's like, so we are, we have the second longest playoff win drought in, um, in the NFL right now at 22 years without a playoff win. You guys are fourth with 17 years. And we can sort of be like an inspiration to you guys, like just a team that had nothing going for them for the longest time period ever. And then just out of nowhere, you can just turn the corner. So do you see, would you say the Dolphins are an inspiration to um, the Washington Commanders who have three uh, name changes or two name changes, three names in the last decade and zero playoff wins in the last 17 years? You know, I wouldn't say you're an inspiration, uh, but it we, we know what, what this franchise is capable of. Uh, we've done it for a prolonged stretch, um, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. So, you know, the fan base is ready. Um, we already got our defensive coordinator out of there, Rivera, who I know you're in agree. Uh, you agree with me that he is probably the worst coach in the NFL he is not too far behind Del Rio and he'll be joining him soon after the season, um, you know, in unemployment. So uh, I'm excited for that. And um, I think we got our quarterback and Sam Howell and I definitely foresee playoff wins coming very, very soon. Interesting. So you're, so you're a Sam Howell guy. You think he's, you think he's the guy? Oh yeah. He is the guy. No doubt about it. I mean, so I'm going to be totally honest with you. I think Sam Howell's absolute garbage. Um, I mean, the only times I've really watched him, to be fair, were um, the only like full game I've watched was when you guys ruined my uh, survivor pool game against or survivor pool entry against the Giants. And uh, I, I was texting you after the game some mean things, but that wasn't even like a I wasn't saying it in like a chirping way. Like I was genuinely furious about how much your team was. And then we had a pretty cool conversation about just both ranting about how, how terrible the commanders are. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that was fully on how the, the team put the ball on the floor six times. Um, I think four of those were in giant territory. So when you turn the ball over that many times, you're not going to win the football game. 
And then, you know, maybe an untimely pick at the end there, but you got to try to make something happen. And I'm not going to put all that on him. Uh, if, if you look at his stats side by side with guys in their rookie year, like Joe Burrow and Andrew Luck, um, I was looking at a, at an image, I think yesterday, they're pretty similar. And I think Howell's stats actually look a little better um, through this many games in their career. He, he's got the physical attributes, big arm. He's proved that he can, you know, drive down the field at the end of games, whether that's to, to take the lead or tie the game. He did it against the Seahawks. He did it twice against the Eagles. Um, and I'm trying to think of another game he did. I think he's done it one other time. Um, so clearly he's a gamer. And, um, you know, unfortunately our defense isn't too good. So we didn't end up winning many of those games. But um, I think I think he's got a bright future. He, he, you know, QBs are going to have some bad games, but uh, he he's he's got the he's he's got the attributes to be to be one of the special ones. I think. All right, fair. I mean, to look to be totally fair from my perspective, I thought he was going to be way worse than he's been. So I will give you that. Now he does have, as far as the leading the league in yards and. You know, he's getting a lot, a lot of credit for his stats. He does have the most attempts in football by 53. So he leads the league with 486 pass attempts. Next is Josh Allen at 433. Uh, and the gap between him and Josh Allen is bigger than Josh Allen. and or is at, So the gap between him, one and two, is as big as Josh Allen at two and Baker Mayfield at eight. So he does have... You know the attempts. Um, he's had well, more. Opportunities. We haven't had a bye yet, so I think they're a little misleading. Um, I'm sure after the bye week, maybe he he drops below in 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 uh, yards, maybe the two or three. But it seems like a pretty big gap in attempts. I think that what what fifty or sixty more attempts than Allen. Fifty three. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the enemy is not afraid to throw the ball. We throw the ball early and often. Um, and we tend to to like to throw the ball on first and second down. Um, but a lot of those throws are on, on early downs are almost like runs. He throws, you know, whether it's a screen or, or a drag route or just these little short, you know, two, three yard passes. It almost is like a run. I don't know why the enemy doesn't like to run the ball, but um, I think it's great that they're putting this young quarterback in the position to throw the ball 55 times a game. Put stuff on film, right? learn and then get better and I think I think it's uh I think it's a good thing that he's throwing the ball this much yeah I mean so just so relating this to the Dolphins I mean obviously you guys have been struggling lately the one win over the Patriots uh one out of your last six has been a win um what are some ways that you guys like what what are the strengths of your team that you know you guys could maybe capitalize on against the Dolphins? Like this is and as a so I'll tell you about the evolution and just a quick note by the way, um, because we were talking about garbage franchises. So the Cincinnati Bengals uh had not won a playoff game since nineteen ninety. Then Joe Burrow comes in and now they're annual contenders, except for this year, obviously. So things can change very quickly. You can be in a twenty year plus drought. And then you can be Super Bowl contenders just like that. But um, just going back to this game, um, yes. So you guys have been struggling lately, and when when you evolve into a good franchise, so these games are like boring for the Dolphins. Like the Dolphins' last exciting game, in my eyes, was against the Chiefs, and they lost, obviously. And the one before that was the Eagles, and they lost. So you know, I'm not saying I want to beat the Raiders by seven points. Yeah, but that see, see, that's a game. It's like, first of all, that's a game you don't get excited for. It's like 
So, so I walked away from that Raiders game and I'm like, all right, we played terrible and won by seven. I'm not like mad we won the game and it's like you move on the next week. But but going into the game, it's not – I don't see the Raiders, Raiders on the schedule and get super excited about that football game and it's the same this week. But it is in Washington. So – and little did we know the last time the Dolphins played in Washington in 2015 before you and I met, we were both in the stadium unknowingly. Uh, Dolphins won that day 17-10. to 10. Uh, on the Jarvis punt return, which you remember. But what are some things that you guys can do to kind of make this a close game? Well, I think this is a – it's a spot potentially for a sneaky upset. Um, and I'll tell you why, Jack. We're coming off an extended, you know, week of rest with that Thursday game on Thanksgiving. We fired our defensive coordinator. Um you know, that always, I feel like, it gives a team some juice. Uh, Rivera's calling the plays for defense now. He hasn't done that since his Carolina days where they had the number one defense in the league. And I'm, I'm not defending Rivera, but I'm excited to see maybe if he can throw some different things out there. And I don't think Dolphins have a lot of film um, on the type of things that we're going to try to do on Sunday. Uh, so I think I think that's interesting. And, you know, we got a quarterback that that's trying to prove to, to everyone that, that he's the guy and that even if we have that top pick, not one, but maybe three or four, that, that we shouldn't be taking a quarterback. Um, and I still think there's a lot to play for. And, um, you know, I think maybe the Dolphins are, are overlooking us a bit. And uh, it, it could be a bit of a trap game for you guys. Yeah, interesting stuff on the uh, point of the firing. And I'll get to that in a second, but I do want to point out, so we also have extended rest because we played on Black Friday. And I think you guys were, what, you guys were at 4.30. So you guys have 22 and a half extra hours of rest. But, um, look, I actually agree with that. Teams get a spike after firing a coach, especially one that's such an idiot. Like, uh, like we fired Joe Philbin in uh, 2015, and we won our the next six quarters. We outscored opponents eighty or, or seventy nine to ten. We beat the Titans thirty eight ten the week we fired him, and then we were up forty one nothing against the Texans at halftime. Uh, the next week that was Dan Campbell, uh, who's a legend. I would actually be. I, I wouldn't say I'd be concerned about this game because I do think we're we're just a lot more ahead in terms of talent. But I do think that if you guys fired Ron Rivera, like. Firing Jack Del Rio, maybe your, your defense probably gets fired up, but I think Ron Rivera is just such an absolute idiot. Like, in terms of dumbest human beings, like, on the entire planet, you've got Giants fans, definitely the uh, biggest group of idiots out there. And then probably, like, j- like, just in terms of an average IQ. So Giants fans, lowest average IQ out there. Um at number one, Ron Rivera has to be number two. I mean, he actually might be dumber than Giants fans because he can't beat the Giants, and the Giants are absolute garbage. Number three, you get into like um, I don't think you know, he can be dumber than 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 Giants fans um, because you you know you know why you know you know who's part yes. of that and you know it just he can't be. Dude, the thing is, because because yeah. we're talking about the same guy, we're talking about our friend uh, Jake. Um, not not Italian Jake. We're talking about the other Jake. Um, and the thing is, to the to the listeners that don't know Jake, I think they think I'm making up a guy when I say like there's a guy who thinks Daniel Jones is top five and thinks Justin Fields is top five. Like like I actually I showed his Twitter to a guy at work and he thought like he was like a character. Like he thought he was joking around. 
Um, but yeah, so anyway, Ron Rivera is such an absolute idiot. Like it's, it's like someone, um, it, it seems like that, like in terms of modern day lobotomies, I, I don't think they're a good thing, but if anyone should just get one in hopes of becoming a little bit more intelligent, it's Ron Rivera. And, um, I don't know if firing the defensive coordinator is going to fire up the team. Cause like now it's like, all right, well, we got rid of Jack Del Rio, who's an idiot, but now we're getting coached by just another idiot. Well, I'm just interested to see Rivera do something other than than cross his arms and and stare at the at the football field the whole game. So I'm not sure I've actually seen him coach since he's gotten here. So you, you never know what you're gonna get. Um, so so I'm excited to see that, but. I don't think that we're going to be able to to stop you guys from moving the ball. I think the recipe here is to bend, don't break, hold you guys to three points on a lot of your possessions, maybe create a couple turnovers um, and run the ball and try to just have a balanced, balanced game on O. Um, but I think, I think it's going to be very tough, especially, you know, we're the 32 ranked defense in the NFL. So you guys have put up 70 once this year. I wouldn't be surprised if you put up 50 on us. Yeah. I mean, look, it's easier to put up uh, 70 when you're our type of team in September than it is now. That's actually, you know, an interesting point because our offense hasn't been as great lately. Uh, and we've scored, I think we went four or five weeks in a row um, scoring 20 points or less. Um, and last week was the first time we got more than, oops, more than um, last time was the first week we got more than 20 points offensively since we beat New England in week eight. Is um, A-Chain playing? A-Chain, I think he's questionable. Um, A-Chain is – he didn't suffer any setbacks, so uh, he should be good to go, which – I mean, the thing is he played against the, he played against the Raiders, so he – and then he came out. two snaps. Yeah, that's so he got hurt on his second carry. He he had two carries, I'm pretty sure. Um, but we we even scored. Yeah, so we we've only scored thirty points uh, one time in our last five games. So I think I think it is an interesting spot because you know your defense obviously terrible, and that was supposed to be the strength of your team. Um, but it's going to be a colder game this Sunday. And yeah, I think you, the way to beat us is unless our offense is just playing not good, we're not going to be that hard to beat for like a good team. Um, but like when we're when we're firing on all cylinders, that's what you have to do. It's bend, don't break, don't give up the big play, hold us to three, run the ball, keep the, our offense off the field, and that's how you beat us. Yeah, and you, you made a point about us thinking our defense was going to be our strength. If you, if you told me that Hal was going to lead the league in yards. I would have thought that we would be eight and, and three at this point. Um, we thought we were going to be winning games, you know, 17 to 14. Um, so it's funny how, how it plays out. Um, but also, you know, it gives us some hope moving forward that, that we got our guy. So, you know, lo- looking at the Dolphins schedule here, though, you guys still haven't won a game against a good team. And I'm not sure – I see that happening this season. Uh, are you guys frauds or, or what? So it's, you know, it's funny. So first of all, just to be fair, we beat, we beat Denver, Denver. So the whole thing was, we even beat a team with a winning record. Denver oh has, my God. you're going to say Denver's a good football team. 
So, all right. So, do you say losing to the Bills is a bad loss? Wait, this is great because the Commanders beat Denver as well. So let's just let's just let's just forget. But, but what I'm saying is, okay. So we played two teams, three for three teams with the winning record right now. That's the Broncos, who we beat, the Chiefs, who we lost to, and the Eagles in Philly, who we lost to. So our three losses are against the two Super Bowl teams last year. And then, which neither of them are at home. And then the other loss we have is the Bills. So, do you think the Bills are a good team? I still think they are an upper upper tier NFL team. Yes, they've lost some unfortunate games. They've had some bad weeks, um, but that's still a team that that I I don't want to see in the playoffs. And and I don't think you want to draw them in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, I wouldn't be thrilled about seeing them because here's why: I think the Bills are garbage. So. Let me just get that out there. But I, think I also is harsh. Uh, well, I I also think because I mean they, look who they lost to. They lost to the Jets. They've lost to the Patriots. They lost to Denver. So it's not like they've been you know they've lost to a bunch of good teams. They've lost to bad teams and good teams. They're, they're a six and six football team. And it, to be fair, I was saying I don't think they're that good before the season. Um, they lost in Cincy when they had Burrow. They lost to Jacksonville. So the Bills' only win against the team with the winning record is against the Dolphins. Um, but I wouldn't want to draw them because I think that the Josh Allen of today, the Josh Allen that – not the Josh Allen that played against the Eagles, but 2023 Josh Allen is not an elite, not an elite quarterback. But I think that Josh Allen versus the Dolphins is a different type of quarterback than regular Josh Allen. I think he really elevates his play against the Dolphins, as does everyone else on the team. So that's the reason I wouldn't want to see them, not because I actually think they're a good football team. Yeah, I hear you. I still think on any given day, the Bills can beat any team in the NFL. Um, and and I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they figure out a way here to make a run. I would have liked to see them win um, on Sunday against the Eagles. I think they deserve that game. That was too bad, but... Um, you know, they'll have another chance. What is it against the Chiefs after their bye week? Another tough game? Yeah, they've got they, – their only games that are not against teams with winning records at this point in the season are uh, they go to L.A. against the Chargers and home against New England. But other than that, it's, yeah, in KC, home against Dallas, and they're in Miami to end the season. So who, who scares you the most in the AFC? I mean, it's the Chiefs. Like, so here's the thing, and, and – I when it comes to beating frauds, after the Chiefs game, it was one of those deals where I was just like, I've seen this movie too many times. Like, it's year two, and we're talking about we can't execute basic football. Getting lined up correctly, catching passes, um, you know, running backs running to where there's openings rather than running into blockers. Um, so stuff like that not having miscommunications on defense or on offense at the end of the game to a missed, um, I think it was Cedric Wilson, who was wide open for a touchdown. We So in those games, we can't execute basic football. So after that game, I was just like, I've seen it so many times, I think we are frauds. I think that I still thought we would get the two seed and think we will. Um, be Just because I don't think there's many good teams in the AFC. So like there's teams that like I think can beat us – like, I think the Jaguars, if they play a really good game, same with the Ravens, are capable of beating us. But no one really scares me other than KC. Um, I don't think – my prediction stands. You know, even though the Chiefs haven't looked as great, I think we lose the AFC Championship in Kansas City. 
just because that's all the evidence I have is that we don't play well in those games. You know, we've been rattled every time. We went to Philly. We went to KC. We went to Buffalo last year as our third-string quarterback but lost because of a delay of game. Um, looked awful against the Niners and the L.A. Chargers last year who had winning records. Um, and I think that – the thing is, I think when we play our best, we're the best team in football. Like, at our best, I think we have the best roster. Um but we just have the 49ers are probably a better roster than you guys. It's close. It's it's very close. I think the Niners have a great roster. I think we're right there. Like if you go position by position, I think they're probably a little bit better defensively. Losing Jalen Phillips hurts. Um it hurts a lot. But I think, you know, we've got like Emmanuel Ogba can rush the passer. He's gonna be in there a lot. And so can Andrew Van Ginkle. They're not Jalen Phillips, but I think I think we're deep there. Um but I just the Dolphins just haven't proven that they can play their best in those games. So it's like the Eagles and Niners, I think we're right there with those rosters, but the Eagles have played in those big games and executed. So of the Niners, so of the Chiefs, you know, we haven't done that. So that's my concern is our lack of ability to execute in those games, not like a talent thing. And that's a concern. Like when we're talking about this is week 12, right? Uh, this week or week 13. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, 13, yeah. 13. So we're, yeah, yeah. So it's it, it. What concerns me and why I really, if there's a gun to my head, I say we don't win the Super Bowl this year. Is we're talking about a team that I'm sitting here saying I don't know if we can execute at a basic level in a big game. And there's three teams that, or really two. The Chiefs don't have probably as good a roster, but they have Mahomes and Kelsey, which is all you need. There's three other teams out there that have been there and are as great as us. That you know, basic execution is. Is second nature to them, so that's that's my biggest concern. I don't think we're frauds. I think we're a top four team, but I just don't think we're going to win the Super Bowl. I just I just don't think it's your guys' year yet. I think you got to go through some some of those big moments um, and and get that playoff experience before making your Super Bowl run. Um, you know, I, I think I think it's the Forty ers coming out of the NFC um, and, and probably facing either the Ravens or the Chiefs, but I'm going to go with the Ravens this year. I think, I think, I think the Ravens have had some disappointing losses in the postseason uh, recently. Their defense just looks so good. Um, and, and the offense is doing enough to make them an elite team. And I think they're going to, they're going to pose a lot of problems uh, to, to the rest of the AFC. See, the Ravens don't scare me at all. Like that's, I, I just think that, Lamar isn't, and I and I think Lamar is a better passer than you know your average fan thinks. But I still don't think he's a good enough passer to win. Like the Ravens have a very specific style, right? They're not. If the Ravens are playing from behind against us or against the Chiefs or even against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't think they can do enough in the passing game to come from behind and win. Um, I agree. I don't think their offense is is anything anything special, but I think the defense. That that's the type of defense that wins a Super Bowl, and then we've seen the formula. We, we we've seen that that you don't need, and maybe we haven't seen it as recently in 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 the modern game. But you know that that's usually the type of of team makeup that that you, we've seen in the past to win Super Bowls. Um, and we haven't seen a ton of Super Bowls be shootouts. So, you know, if they get there, I, I like their chances as well. It's, it, yeah, I mean, like you said, though, it's more of like uh, like defenses, I don't think, win championships anymore. Like people take a, um, you know, like the Eagles-Patriots in 2017 and be like, well, um, 
well, the game ended with a stop, right? The Eagles stopped the Patriots. The score of the game was 41 to 33. Like, I, I think that yeah. offense wins game. Like, at the end of the game, you're probably, if the team gets a ball back with 30 seconds down a touchdown, you could say, oh, yeah, stop won the game. But it's like, you know, what happened before that? Um, I, I think offense is more. The thing with the Ravens is this: they're not going. They could get the bye. They're nine and three. All four division le- leaders. Oh, the, no, just to, just to argue that though, if you look at at the, at the top teams in the league right now, you know, outside of of maybe the uh, the uh, the Dolphins, um, maybe the the, the Jags. Uh, you got a Steelers team, a Browns team that's both seven and four, a Ravens team that's nine and three. Um, you know, the Eagles defense is is very solid. They're ten and one. These team the, the Niners eight and three. You look at these top teams, they all have elite defenses and maybe not so elite offenses. So I think, you know, having a an offense that's capable of putting up points is important, but at the end of the day, I think elite defense wins you Super Bowls. So to counter that point, all the teams you just named, none of them have won Super Bowls. And like that, like I know we're not talking about the Steelers and Browns, but like the Eagles and Niners, this is the Eagles' second year. The Niners have been a de- the Niners have been a defensive team since 2019. And they where- probably, they might have won the Super Bowl last year if Curry didn't get hurt, and they've made it to a couple others in recent memory. That's what I'm saying, though. To re- to win the Super Bowl, I think you need an offense. And so, just the Ravens' point, my concern, like they're not going to get the bye. I don't think they're three lost. The Jaguars have three. Dolphins have three. Chiefs have three. And the Ravens have the worst conference record. So they're the one seed today. But if the Jaguars, Dolphins, and Chiefs all win this week, they'll be the four seed in a four way tiebreaker because they have three conference losses and um, nobody else has more than two. Great games on the Ravens' schedule coming up. And well, got, the Dolphins and Ravens play each other. Yeah, on New Year's Eve. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm not worried about that game at all, by the way. Um, the Ravens have to play the Niners, and before that, the Jags. So they, they definitely got a, they got their hands full for sure. Oh, yeah, so they're done. They're going to be 11-6. and six. Are the Browns? The Browns have four losses. 7-4, uh, right? 7-4. I mean, then your guys' schedule doesn't look so easy. You guys could be a, an 11-win team top. Yeah, I mean, we're not gonna we're gonna win our next three. Like, I'm not even. That's the thing. Like, everyone's looking at the end of our season as as if it's like a difficult schedule, and we're gonna be under. The only game we'll be underdogs in is in Baltimore, where Tua broke out and threw six touchdowns last year. So, uh, I'm not worried at all about those games. Um, but it's gonna be hilarious when Ravens are getting off. The Ravens, can we? Because I, I, I want to talk about the Ravens for a second. I mean. You know, this is funny. We're talking Dolphins in Washington, but I would love to take a moment to just talk about how much the Ravens suck. So the Ravens beat their their only good wins this year are against Seattle, who's an NFC team that's not that good, and Detroit, who's an NFC team that's not that good. Other than that, um, they beat the Bengals early in the season, who were never really that good. They beat the Browns, who were starting DTR. They split with the Browns, who were starting DTR. They lost to Pittsburgh, who I know you think is terrible, and I think is terrible, even though they're 7-4. and four. So, they lose to the Browns when Deshaun Watson's playing with an injured shoulder. That keeps them out for the season. Then they're losing the game. Jake Browning comes in for the Bengals. They beat the Bengals. Everyone's talking about them like they're the best team ever. And they beat the Chargers, who are terrible. The Ravens I'm not sure all- they were losing that game. They were, it was 10 All right. To be fair, 
they took a lead um, before Jake Browning came in. So so Burrow's last drive, it was 10-7, to and then uh, the Ravens scored to make it 14-10 um, by the time. So, that, so they technically had the lead um, when Burrow was done. But I, I thought the Bengals were going to win that game. Um, but I, I think overall, the thing with the Ravens is this. Whatever happens, say they win the division. I think they're not going to get the bye, even if they do, to win three or four games in a row. When The only way I think they can win a game, and they're good at it, they've won it you know, eight out of 11 games, is they have to have a lead. They've got to run the ball. They grind you out. Um, to do that four times or three times in a conference where you're going to be playing against Mahomes, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, and then you know whoever – I mean, that's it, right? Those three guys, it's like – those three offenses, because, I mean, they should beat any wildcard team. Uh, I think it's difficult to win the same. And then you play either Hurts or the Niners. I, I think it's difficult to see them winning the game like, four or three games in a row that way. Mm-hmm. I, I personally don't don't see the Chiefs doing this year. I don't trust their receivers. Um, it's just Mahomes and Kelsey. I'm not sure they're going to be able to, 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 to run the table this year. Um, but... We'll see. I, I still I still like the Ravens and maybe maybe I can get my good friend Daniel Stern, uh co- coach of the Ravens on, on the pod the week the week of the Dolphins Ravens and he can uh he can debate you on that. Listen, that that would be very exciting. We would love to come on here. I think uh Robowski was telling me about him and he, he was saying that he would ro- or maybe it was you saying he would roast me in a debate. I disagree, but uh but yep. but yeah, we'd would love to find out. Um, so, so your pick is, is what's your, what's your Super Bowl pick? Uh, I think it's, it's Niners Ravens and I'll, I'll go with the Niners this year. I think, I think they've got, they got the most complete team in the NFL. And I think, I think they've, uh, they came up just short last year and I think they're ready to do it this year. Yeah. I mean, look, the thing with the Niners is they are only really going to have to win one game. I mean, I guess like, like, do you think the lions are for real? Again, they're they're a good team. Um, they're just not. They don't have the experience. I don't believe these teams can just enter the playoffs for the first time and then go all the way. You need it's you need a little bit of, of playoff experience before uh, winning that Super Bowl. Like when you're when you're the um, you know the thing is when you're like the Niners or the Eagles, you pretty much have a cakewalk to the 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 NFC Championship. But I guess the Lions are in there this year. But I don't think they're for real. And to be fair to the Dolphins. Tua was not playing, but we did play a playoff game last year. We lost because we don't know how to line up uh, for a QB sneak in under a minute and five seconds because we reset the play clock and still didn't get the playoff on fourth and one for midfield where all you got to do is run a QB sneak. Was but, that uh, a close game in Buffalo? Yeah, with our third stringer, it was. We started down I, – I, I forget if we were down 13 nothing or um, – we, we, it looked like we were going to get blown out. And then we went in the half down 17-14. Allen had two turnovers, threw two picks. The game started, by the way, like Skylar Thompson threw a perfect pass. We got the ball first to Jalen Waddle, and he dropped it. Like Jalen Waddle was faking injuries that day. Like it was cold, so he didn't want to play. Um, and then, um, then we took the lead. We had a strip sack on Josh Allen and, and made it um, 21-17. And we ended up losing 34-31. Yeah, so we had the ball at midfield with like two a little over two minutes left and we had fourth and one and we got a delay a game and then we didn't convert on fourth and six mm-hmm. and then they got a first night loss so that's the concern like how do you do that that's why also all year i've been saying discipline is the most important thing because that's the stuff that 
will and did end our season last year if you, if you can't execute that in the big games. Mm-hmm. Well, Jack, uh, I think we're I think we're running out of time here. I got to run, but I want to leave you with my score prediction for the weekend. I think it's going to be the Dolphins 31 to Commanders 24. We'll cover the nine and a half, uh, but I think I think the offense is just going to be a little too much for our defense. But I think we're we're going to give you a run for your money. All right, all right, respectable. Uh, you can hear my prediction at the end. I need one more prediction from you though. How does the Dolphin season end this year? Record and round. Yeah, I think I think the Dolphins. Let me pull up their schedule just one more time. You have eight wins, right? Eight and three. You're eight and three, nine. You win the next three, 11. Yeah, I see 11 wins, maybe 12, maybe 12. I think the Bills are going to have a lot to play for in that last game of the season, so I don't think you win that one. And maybe you beat the Cowboys at home because I don't, I don't like them either. They're, they're frauds as usual. Um, so I think, I think you're an 11 or 12 win football team. I'll give you 12. I'll give you 12 wins. Um, and I think you're probably a second round exit, unfortunately. All um, right, so that, yeah. At least you've got us ending the drought. Yeah, uh, I think you win a game. All right, all right. That's not our goal, but uh, we'll take it. Respect the prediction, and uh, look, this was this was great banter. Thanks for coming on. No problem, Jack. Thanks for having me. And I'm going to leave you with one more thing. Next Let's season, Washington Commanders. 10 wins, maybe 11 wins. They will win a playoff game next year. And then they will be the 2025 or 2026 Super Bowl champions. So keep this keep this podcast recording. You can come back to it in 2026 when we win the Super Bowl with Sam Howell. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got the receipts now. All right, Spence, thanks for coming on. All right. See you later, Jack. See you. That was a fun conversation, you know, with a uh, fan of a team that is, you know, has been terrible for a long time. And it's still terrible. I, I don't believe any of the things he's saying. The, the, the Washington's not winning the Super Bowl. In the next 10 years, uh, they're terrible. They're somehow behind Tommy DeVito's Giants. And the funny thing is, they actually had a two-game uh, head start on the Giants when Tommy DeVito came in. And, uh, and <laughs> they blew that lead. They're in last. Uh, but maybe, that, look, that's a good thing. I mean, Tommy DeVito... Other than Tyrod, I mean, he's the second-best quarterback on the team. He's better than the quarterback that they paid $40 million to. So, hey, maybe the Giants will pay him $45 million because um, we, we, we've we seen that where all you need to do is throw 15 touchdown passes and go off one week against one of the worst defenses in the league. And uh, next thing you know, the Giants will um, they'll have you set for life. So, look, uh, this week, I, I think the keys to the game are simple. I agree with a lot of what Jeremy said, where I want to see a clean game, and, and clean games lead to blowouts. When you don't turn it over and when you, don't, uh, when, when you execute basic football and you don't get dumb penalties and you have the talent that our team has uh, and you're playing a team like Washington, you are going to blow them out. So I'm not, I, I don't care as much about... The result, if we play a great game and Sam Howell's slinging it and putting it in tight windows, we end up winning a close game. That's one thing. I just want to see a clean game from the team, just like what Jeremy said. Um, the keys are, again, you want to jump on a team like this early. Like, go down. I don't remember when our last opening drive touchdown was. I would love to see one this week. Um, 
you know, Washington was supposed to have really good defense. They obviously don't. They're not really good offensively either. Sam Howell, um, Spencer pointed out that they haven't had the bye, so his uh, passing attempts are a little bit inflated by, or not a little bit, but they, uh, but they are inflated by them not having a bye week, and they should be going down. But I, I do believe that he does have, he's still going to have a lot more attempts. And just to, so he's 21st in yards per attempt. Um, so that just gives you an idea, right? He, he's first in passing yards, 21st in yards per attempt. So, uh, Sam Howell, I think is really not that good. Um, I don't think the receiver's that good. I took Jahan Dotson fantasy is freaking terrible. Um, Terry McLaurin's pretty good, but, but I think that he, like he'd be our wide receiver three. This is a miss, uh, a mismatch. And, um, I, I expect to win this game. Both Spencer and Jeremy have a score in 31. So obviously I got, I got a one up them or I seven up them, uh, the soft drink 7-up, so we'll 7-up them 38-10. Uh, to 10. That's my prediction, so 27.5. If you know any bookies offering that, let me know. And, um, yeah, I think, look, this is – there's six games left this season, and it's December now. This is, this is when stuff gets real. This is what Colin Coward was saying. He's like, this is where Miami is going to start to fail, and I think we've got – we kind of get to ease into December with the next three games, but that's it. You know, you've got – 12 quarters left of football against garbage football teams. So if we're going to blow out any football teams, it, it, the time's now. You know, it's going to be much harder. You know, it's, it, it, I'd love to see them blow out Dallas, Baltimore, or Buffalo, but, you know, it, it's a lot more difficult. Then you get to the playoffs, and, you know, again, maybe they get an easy game, but um, it's still a playoff game. So the, so the stakes are getting high, and, um, look, if it's, it's time for this team to start executing. So um, listen again to those of you guys who made it to the end. I know it was a long episode. Um, Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week and uh, fins up.